listening to Okay Now Listen, a bi-weekly show where we chat about what's on our minds, what we're binging, and what's blowing up our timelines. I'm Scotty Beam, media personality, content creator, music enthusiast, and a wing connoisseur. And I'm Sylvia Obell, culture writer, host, producer, and lover of Beyonce. Sylvia. Scotty. We have got to talk about the breaking news for the Black Selling Sunset Hive. I know. As the founding mothers of the Black Selling Sunset Hive, <laughs> I know that we are responsible for the distress that half of you all are feeling right now. If you have not heard, put an insert breaking news sound here. Y'all, mm. our girl Chriselle. She's coming up, baby. She's back up. She's back up. Got a man. She is. Got a man. She got a man. Not only does she got a man, she is with Jason. She got a tiny man. Anybody who watches Selling Sunset knows that the real estate firm is owned by two brothers, two little rich white men. Um, (laughs) And she is with Jason. And the Mm. fuck? I did not see that coming. I did not see that, that was not on my coming. bingo card at all. Like I was like, that is new. That is I, I didn't even feel that kind of vibe. I didn't get that at all from any of the episodes. So this is very new. I'm just I'm also very speechless because she still works there. <laughs> and you know it's gonna be some type of favoritism going around. Because now, is that the same dude, Sylvia, that dated Mary. the blonde yes, hair girl? It was. And what I love Sis, about this no. and that situation was that so Chriselle and him announced this on Instagram by posting their vacation pictures that they took with his brother who has a girlfriend and Mary mm-hmm. and Romaine. You know, Mary, his ex, because, mm-hmm. you know, him and Jason are always cool, whatever. And so in the post mm-hmm. comments, which was my favorite part, that's really where you find the tea in the announcements. Mary <laughs> made a point to make a comment being like, I'm so happy for my two friends to show that she was like, down for this, like it was okay with her. Right. Chriselle was not stepping on mm-hmm. girl code. She got permission or whatever else was necessary. But my, nobody, nobody is happier about this than my man Romaine. <laughs> and I don't know if I'm calling his name Romaine. wrong. Sorry if I'm referring to you as lettuce. Roman, Romaine. <laughs> you're not, I, I feel like know. there's an I in there yeah. that I don't really know what to, how to equate. But it, he was in the comments like, so happy. And now maybe people will stop with the Jason and Mary talk. He said, Stop yeah, talking about how my woman needs to go back to this rich white man. My boy was stressed. And even though I did want Mary to go back to that rich <laughs> white man because my sister's holding up that house on her <laughs> That two-bedroom apartment. You know I mean? I- she got the family on her back. <laughs> right. I'm surprised. I mean, I was just as shocked to see that Mary and Romaine were still together as I was to see that Chriselle and Hello? Jason were together. It was a lot of announcements happening. <sighs> the only thing I would have changed to my good sis, Chriselle, who... Has, you know, we've stand for you. That's how this whole thing started because you were the underdog and these other girls was on your neck hating. And I hope my girl Christine and the other boring brown haired one who's so boring, I don't even remember her name at this point, who could not sell that rich man's mm. house. I hope that I they're choking. That. I hope that they are choking. <laughs> I just hope Chriselle is prepared for the amount of hate that's about Baby. to come her way. From those fucking Choke bitter cones. You are so mad. Because you thought, you thought she was the underdog. And you thought her husband left her and that she was down and out. But like a real champion, Chriselle climbed back up on top. 
found another rich white man. Literally. <laughs> literally. literally. She climbed right back on top and said, bitch, trust me. I do this. I can do it again. And I'll do it again. And I have chosen to stand forever because once again, Chriselle is carrying the Selling Sunset storyline on her back. Like, just like she did with Absolutely. the divorce thing and when she came in as the new girl. It's always been about Chriselle. She's, re- she's giving us storyline. She's giving us drama. Because the second we saw this picture, everybody was at Netflix. Hey, hey, where's the new season? I hope y'all got scuba diver cameras up in the ocean for this. <laughs> when this is happening. Because I need to see every detail of how this came to be. I need that to be the season's arc. And I, we, we have questions. And I hope that Netflix has the answers for us. The only mm-hmm. thing I will say that I would have mm-hmm. done differently if I was Chriselle, just one tiny, tiny, tiny thing, my caption would have been, this is us. <gasps> Sylvia! Because <laughs> y'all know her ex-husband is Kevin on This Is Us, a.k.a. everybody's least favorite Pearson, member of the family. And now ne- I don't even never like, like I didn't like him all. on the show already, and then I doubly didn't like him after he did what he did to Chriselle. <laughs> His little hit show, This Is Us, that would have been me and my new man. This is us. Not his little hit show now. <laughs> now it's little. Yes. I love that. This is us. That would have been perfect. Just, that is great. Chef's Bravo. kiss. You know, this still, it's still not too Amazing. late to make that one of your captions at some point, Chriselle, if you're listening. <laughs> but the only other thing I wanted to say is... Now that I've seen, because so many of you guys added us when this news broke, and I appreciate that... We are a strong enough contingency that maybe we need a hashtag. Because, like, Selling Sunset is, we have claimed it as a black show for us. Like, sure, there's only one biracial black person on that show, Amanza. And her, you know, styling, whatever. But, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) holding down. But just the way we did Game of Thrones and with the Them Thrones hashtag to show the difference between Mm -hmm. who we were tweeting, which audience, half of the audience was tweeting. I would like something like that for Selling mm-hmm. Sunset, but it's such a white show that it's very hard to come up with a hashtag. I would challenge you all to help us if you can, but before the new season comes out, the closest we've gotten Please. is hashtag Sunset Shotties. Which I do <laughs> I do enjoy. I love a Sunset Shotties. But it's hard, y'all. We're not going to lie. So we're we going to see. <laughs> yeah. But we need, we need a hashtag. We do need a hashtag. So there's that. So that's been the fun TV of the past few weeks. In other TV news, there's the Olympics, where we've seen black women athletes exiting for mental and physical health reasons, among other things. I feel like we've been seeing this become a pattern lately among black women, and I am here for it. You know I am here for that, 100%. Yes. Like Naomi Osaka, Simone Biles made the decision to choose her health over competition when it came to the gymnastics team round of the Olympics. And I knew the timeline was going to go crazy as it did. And one tweet I loved especially was the one that was talking about black women saying, no, this year is the anthem of 2021. And these are the facts. Make it the song of the year. Give it a Grammy. Song of the summer. Whatever else. Black Women Saying No is my new favorite song. Truly. Let no be the sentence and move on. Honestly. Complete sentence. Hello, complete. (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) 
Honestly, these Olympic Games do not deserve us at all. We already know this. We saw how skewed it could be when Shikari Richardson was disqualified after test showed she smoked weed. Shikari, you know, uh, spoke about the loss of her biological mother being the reason that she smoked weed. But, of course, there's no empathy for black women or black girls ever. So, you know, meanwhile, you have the U.S. soccer star Megan Rapino who gets to promote her CBD products with no problem at all. No hesitation. They don't give a fuck. Yeah, it's quite ridiculous. And to Scotty's point, she said this online, and I know she feels that way now, like, it don't even matter what Shikari was smoking the weed for. It's just absolutely yeah. ridiculous that something that's legal in that many states, this many states, it's keeping somebody from their dreams and championships, mm-hmm. but whatever else. But we're not here to dwell on the way these institutions love to play in our face because they love to do that. They love to do that. We are actually here to celebrate these black women for choosing themselves as we all should be doing. So I'm excited to talk with you, Scotty, more about choosing ourselves, reclaiming our time and our rest, and just saying, hell no. (laughs) Let's get into it. You know I'm down for a hell no, for a no. Absolutely not. the queen of leaving situations that no longer serve me everybody knows this there are articles about it read it (laughs) literally it's everywhere so i'll kick this off with a little story time about me leaving situations and me quitting situations so first let me start off by saying work ethic was number one in my family because i had a working mother that's all i knew that's all i was raised around i also had working aunts who prioritized their job, made their job part of their personal lives. One thing they didn't play about was their motherfucking job. They was gone, get to work. And so my mom made it very clear to me, whether you are broken, tired, you're hurt, <laughs> if you are still breathing, <laughs> your ass better show up. Take your ass to that job. Hello. You signed up to do this and you are going to see it through. Okay. You need to show up. That's what I knew. I gloated sometimes about having several jobs. I had several jobs at the age of 23, 22. I started at Hot 97 when I was a tiny lad, <laughs> probably around eight, when I was like 18. I worked there until I was 27, nearly 10 years I've been at that job. At the near end, I was getting to a place where I was feeling like, and I feel like we talked about this before, Sylvia, where, you know, I wanted to leave the nest. I wanted to do things. And I had no, I had no ill will with anyone that was working with me at the time. I just needed to go. Right. There was nothing else for me to do there. I had hit the ceiling. Right. What am I going to do? I was scared. I was very, I was fearful. I was so scared of... What might come after that? Me leaving the nest. This was my home. This was all I knew. So me stepping out would be something that I've never done before. And then one day, again, it wasn't planned. Nothing was planned. I had just decided to get up. I was watching a documentary, Nina Simone. And she said, you know what freedom looks like to me? Having no fear. Mm. 
And I was like, I have been living with fear for a very long time. And I still do. Not saying I don't. Mm -hmm. But that was one of the times where I said, I have to let go of this fear of me thinking that I can't be better than this. Especially for me who wanted to do different things, tried lanes. And of course, there were people telling me that I can't and I shouldn't. And I need to focus on one lane and I got to do this. And giving me these lists of you know, things that they gave themselves that they couldn't even fucking live up to, but they expected me to live up to it. So I lived by it. I just lived with other people's expectations. So I decided to drop it. And that next day, I hit my mom up. I told my mom, I'm quitting. She was like, wait, <laughs> what? What are you talking about? So I'm quitting. I'm leaving. I'm going to HR right now. I'm doing it. I have to do it. I have to take a chance on myself mm. at some point. And also, you know, I want to live a purposeful life. Right. I see my mom love what she does, Sylvia, every day. And that's what I think before I didn't see that part. I knew that she loved what she did, but I knew that she was committed to it. And that's all I saw was the commitment. Mm. You got to show up to work. You got to be there. You got to do the work. You got to. But she was doing it out of love. Right. Which is, a, which is something a lot of black women, like a lot of our mothers, we didn't get to see that part of it. Like, we knew they were doing that at right. duty, but the love part felt right. like a privilege that we didn't always, as black women, have right. access to. Yeah, and so I just was like, this is starting to feel like a duty and less like love. Yeah, it was like something got to give. Like, you was at the end of your tank was on E. Right, on E. I was exhausted with what I did every day. There was nothing. I knew there was more. There had to be more outside of this. And when I did, when I said, I, I'm leaving, this is it. I'm giving you my two weeks today. And I cried. And not because I was sad or because I had felt let down or I let down other people. I didn't give a shit about letting down anyone else at that time. I cried because I was so proud of myself for taking a chance on me for the first time. I've never taken a chance on myself. That's beautiful. So that was liberating. Now, child, after I was like, now nah, I got to figure out what we're <laughs> talking about that moment. No, yeah. <laughs> I know you and Sylvia, you're like, bitch, I need a plan. I, know, I was like, because my question, I was going to ask you, how did you feel once you said it? But I love that your reaction was not like a pit in your stomach fear. It was you felt free no. and happy. It felt like bricks lifted off my chest. Wow. Literally, how I breathe was different. Mm. How I was taking in air. And releasing it was different. My body felt different. I was stressing myself over and over again on what am I supposed to be doing? What is, what is my purpose? What is happening? So I had to do something, but it was the greatest gift to myself. I left. I love those people over there. I had 97, 100%. But I had to do something for myself. That's when I left. Mm. Then. <laughs> then I decided to do a show with a few other people in the industry. And it was called State of the Culture. Mm -hmm. And I'm just looking at you, Sylvia, because this is the hardest thing I have to talk about. I know. Ever. I know. You haven't really talked about it. I'm on the edge of my seat wondering how, what actually you're going to say. Being on that show, making the decision to do it, to me personally, felt like the biggest mistake of my life. Mm. And let me tell y'all something about intuition. I felt my body 
guys, I knew for a fucking fact <laughs> that I didn't want to do it, but I needed to do something. Mm. And that's that feeling we're getting at, freeing ourselves of here. It's that. Exactly. I needed to work. And if I'm not working, then I'm not living a purposeful right. life. And if there is no purposeful life, I am worthless. Yeah, right. Right? So I decided to just do it. because, And then I thought, maybe this is just fear talking. Mm-hmm. No, honey, that was intuition. That was that was the ancestors saying, baby girl, this ain't the one. That's why we got to pray for that discernment. Because sometimes discernment. it's hard to tell the difference. It's hard to tell the difference sometimes. Thank you. And again, I will never, I don't regret saying what I said on that show, supporting black women on that show, doing what I said I was set to do on that show in my head. Yeah. But then the work environment was so toxic. Mm. It was violent. But of course, me, Mm -hmm. who also, uh, I'm going to see it through kind of bitch. I need to see it through. I need to finish. Whatever's on the contract, I'm going to finish it. I'm a professional. I'm going to stick to what I said I was going to do, which was my biggest mistake ever. I should have just stopped once I felt it. Once I said, hmm, I hate it here. I should have left at that moment. But I didn't because I knew that I needed to be a professional. I knew that I got to finish a contract. I got to make sure I, yeah. you know, put my best foot forward. And you, that's what you would say to us, too. Because Lord knows a few of us were like, girl, you need, we need you to get out of there. Get out. It was so toxic. It was so heavy. And those bricks came back. Mm. I wasn't breathing because I let the thoughts consume me of this show and what people were thinking of me, the amount of death threats that were coming at me, the amount of times that I had to go back and forth to the police people to tell them about what's happening. Yeah. You know, all of that shit. It had to stop. You had to choose yourself at a certain point. When I was finished, I quit. Now, I understand that there is some stigma. <laughs> Behind the words quit. I quit. <laughs> 100%. When you say you quit, that does not mean you quit yourself. You quit you. You have quit your journey. You've quit on yourself. You've quit the work environment that you were in. You've quit how people treated you in that toxic work environment. This is what you are quitting. As long as you are very intentional on what you plan to quit, out of your life, choose to not have no more. Because once I'm quitting, I'm not going back. I will never go back to that type of environment in my life. So I have quit. That is it. And I don't want anybody listening to this ever. I feel like I cry every fucking episode. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't want any person to feel like they have to go through, like we said last episode, hell and high water. Mm. Abuse at any type of abuse. I don't give a fuck what kind of abuse it is. You don't have to go through that to achieve anything, to achieve in general. The, right. The, the goal. Yeah. The goal is for you to be happy. You don't have to go through hell for that. And I went through hell. I went through hell with that show. Yeah. And I will always quit on people, on work environments. On any corporate job, I don't give a fuck what it is, that will have me sacrifice my peace, literally hold it for ransom, no. and I'm I'm working, trying to get my fucking peace back, no. knowing that it won't ever come back. The peace will only come back when I leave yes. this environment. Our peace of mind is not for sale. 
It's not for sale. It's not for sale. There's no amount of money that is worth your peace of mind. Right. But there's lessons that came from it. You're stronger because of it. Sure. You know, but you're right. Everything you're saying is true. But I'm sure God would have another way. thrown something else my way, way to make me a bit no, stronger. Yeah. No, for sure. It didn't have to be that. It did not have to be that. It didn't have to it be didn't this. It didn't have to be like this. And I mean, like, and you know, I listen, I... I found you, I like, I found you crying, like in bathrooms sometimes yeah. when we were just out yes. because of how crazy yes. things were. And that's when I knew, like, we yes. joke about how you cry a lot on the show, but you're not, you don't cry, you don't cry out in real, like out in the world. Like you cry in the comfort of a vulnerable no, space, not. but you're not the person who just yes, out here I crying do. in the middle of a restaurant or in the middle of a show or anything mm. like that. So like to see that, and even me, somebody who is toxic like my toxic trait is thinking that you can't quit like that was how I was right you know what I mean so like but even me in that moment was like no you got to get out of here because like you said your peace of mind is not for sale and Mm -hmm. what I respect so much about your bravery is that you were able to make those decisions for yourself and I really think you sharing this is going to free so many women because even if it's not a tv show being in work place environments where you're being gaslit where your peace of mind is not being appreciated where you are maybe being any kind of abused verbally emotionally whatever else it is not worth losing yourself in those moments and I think so many of us feel like we have to we have to we have to because we are told we have to be twice as good we have to work twice Mm -hmm. as hard to get half as far as them which is true but just because it's true doesn't mean it's okay doesn't mean it is right and also in our time Sylvia Back when we were grinding and hustling, <laughs> they weren't specific about the work hard. You got to hustle for this. You got to grind for this. That's all we heard. I didn't hear, yes, work hard, but. Yeah, but make you sure know, you get, think of yourself. your worth. Make sure you get paid right. Negotiate properly. All these things that like, right. I just saw white coworkers coming and feel entitled to off the bat entry level. And right. meanwhile, it's like, didn't right. even know. It was always work hard, but never also protect yourself too, though. We talk about protecting ourselves physically, right. but not emotionally and mentally. No. And, I, and we know why. We know why we were raised this way, because that's a newer privilege. That's part of the the progress that Absolutely. our like our ancestors were fighting for, because we come from Absolutely. a people who, you know, didn't even start out getting paid for work. <laughs> so it's like, sometimes it was right. like, God, just be happy you're getting paid, because great-great-grandma didn't, and now you are, and be grateful for that. You know, and that's the way also, sometimes mm-hmm. white people will treat you on the job, like, you all, aren't y'all getting paid now? What are you complaining about? Mm-hmm. Who cares about all this other extra exactly. stuff? Like, why do you feel a right to that? It does not matter. And it's like, no. And a lot of us watched our mothers and fathers and whoever else work themselves to the bone because it was their only option. But the thing is, they did that so we would have more options. And we need to start taking advantage of those options. We need to start taking advantage of that quote-unquote progress or whatever little things that they did for us to be able to say no now. To able to choose ourselves now. In the same way in the last episode where we were talking about how, you know, men are just learning how to be like, like that they have to be likable because we don't need them anymore. It's like that, but like a kind of like in the workspace where it's like these jobs also have to fulfill us in more ways than just paying us because we have more options now. Absolutely. And we have to remind ourselves of that because sometimes we can get stuck in the mentality of like, 
gotta work, gotta work, gotta feed. Like there's so many options and so many places that you can go and betting on ourselves is the best bet you can make. But I really took having to have friends like you for me to see that too. Because coming from an overachieving family, being first gen, we're like, a lot of first gens know this, a lot of immigrants know this, like literally people come into this country for that education, for college, so you better not drop out, for working, for better working conditions, because, so don't you complain. You know what I mean? Like, this is why we're here to assimilate and, you know, make the mess we can versus disrupt. It's a very different mindset. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as me, you know me, type A, overachiever. Some may have called me a bit of a goody two-shoes in school. But, you know, Mm -hmm. like, you know, for honors classes, AP classes, scholarship, it's all I knew. All I knew was the grind. All I knew was working hard. Like, my mom will literally tell stories about me in first grade falling asleep at the dining table doing my homework because I'm doing more than I'm supposed to be doing. Assignment is to write a little essay. Mm-hmm. I write a five, a ten-page book with illustrations because I just feel like I need to do more. Jesus. Illustrations? Girl, I did a whole book in the third grade, the second grade, and the teacher kept it to, as an example to others because <laughs> I did so much. Like, I have been overworking well, myself since the playground, okay? <laughs> like, just for no reason. So, you know, um. I feel like for me, like, never once was I really, like, taught, like, okay, but how does it make you feel working this hard? Are you okay? Like, what's happening mentally with you, emotionally with you? These are privileged questions that I didn't know I had access to until I was an adult. You know what I mean? And I think when you talk about it, like coming in, hustling, like internships every summer, $10 an hour out of an Ivy League grad school, (laughs) making $10 an hour Mm -hmm. just to get up in there, you know, whatever else. Like I worked my whole life. So when I would say it wasn't until 2019, 2020 that I finally felt so burnt out that I felt like something had to change. But I just really couldn't fathom what it would be for so long. And I think there was a moment where, especially in media, anybody in media knows, like layoffs happen so much. And there was like a big layoff that happened at BuzzFeed that I survived. But like seeing it happen reminded me like, these companies, they're not looking out for us. We are expendable to them. And here we are giving our all our everything, our blood, sweat, and tears, and any day it can just be taken mm-hmm. away. So what are you doing to make mm-hmm. Sylvia the brand, or like Sylvia the business, and everybody else is working for, in, like, in service to what I need to do for my career versus the other way around? And I think mm-hmm. that's the first time I started to think about, like, what does a world look like where I don't have to work full-time for anybody but myself? But it really took having... People like you in my life who showed me that model, which you wouldn't, I wouldn't have had if you hadn't have quit Hot 97. That's the other thing, too. There was like a ripple effect to it. And I think even with Naomi and Simone, like, we see the actual action happen, but we don't talk about the thought pro- We don't see the thought process and maybe how they turned and toiled or whatever else over having to make that decision in the first place. Like, I'm t- we're talking about decisions where we're making it in our world. To make it in front of the world stage... When you're like representing America and, and, and the whole global world is watching because this is an international competition, like that's a whole different level of pressure, right? That I can't even fathom. And that's why it was so 
beautiful. Well, I'm sure it brought a bunch of us to tears to see them, these young women too. They're so young. I wish at that age, man, I wish in my early 20s I knew what they know. But that's why we say each generation is progress. But to get back to my personal story, I think right before COVID hit, I was very much like, okay, you know what? I think I'm finally going to do it, guys. This quitting thing, like that people are... (laughs) That the kids are talking about this choosing yourself thing. I think I think I can maybe I can do it. Like I, I've worked up enough connections where I can still pay my bills. I have enough side projects coming up where I can still survive and not have to be at this job if I don't want to. If I feel like I cannot work full time here anymore, and then and I don't know how many people felt this on the precipice of the pandemic happening either. But then the pandemic hit, and I was like, oh. <laughs> All that like dutiful responsibilityness like came right back. Where right. it's like the pandemic hits, you don't even know something like this is possible. And these are all the things that old people tell you about why you keep a job, right? It's like all the stuff that the, all the mm-hmm. little conspiracy theories about like, well, you never know what's gonna happen. You gotta save for a rainy day. Mm-hmm. You gotta be on salary. You gotta have health insurance. Like it's like all of that came into literal fruition with the pandemic. And scared me right, right back into place. Like, yes, I have this podcast coming out. Yes, I have these other side projects happening. I was ready to go. And then, boom, my like a fear I didn't even know to dream of came. A bitch got asthma. What I look like leaving my health insurance behind when there's a resp- contagious respiratory disease going around. Like, these were the thoughts that were swirling in my mind. Yeah. And that's why sometimes God does things for you that you can't do for yourself. And sometimes when it's so much your destiny, I feel like if you won't jump, God might just push you <laughs> off the cliff anyway. That's and that's facts. what he be doing with my stubborn ass. He just be like, all right, girl, I tried to I tried to whisper this, but now I got to throw you in the deep end because you refuse to listen. But it's time for us to get out of here, and I am not allowing you to stay. In that case, that push the pandemic that I thought was keeping me on the ledge is actually what ended up pushing me off of it because, like most media companies, people were getting furloughed. Everybody couldn't afford the whole staff. I literally was working, for people who know, like on shows um, like AM to DM and Hella Opinions that were in studio. We had to be in the studio to shoot those things. My show, Hella Opinions, is mm-hmm. a couch full of people drinking, no masks, you know, <laughs> like all of these things. Like it's not conducive to a pandemic. Everything got put on hold the studio teams all got furloughed, among other teams. And so for me, it was in that moment where I was like, oh, okay, so now I'm being forced to rest or to do less. Like now I'm being forced into this. But it was very proactive in making me choose myself because it gave me the courage to know like, okay, if they, even if they ask me back at the end of the furlough, I'm not going to come back. I know I needed to be out of this space. But what I really, for me, the past, that so that year, so I guess like, pandemic hit in March 2020. This would be May 2020. So mm-hmm. that year, like that, like say from then to now, I feel like was the first time in my adult life that I had ample time to rest. I was stressed out in school. So really for me, this was my first time since I could remember that I could just wake up on like a a month, like, well, not Monday, because that's when we record, but, like, on a Tuesday, Wednesday, <laughs> and be like, what do I want to do today? Huh? I also had to push past the pressure of the guilt of it, right? Because to your point, coming up like that, knowing, you know, seeing that and being in that kind of environment makes you feel guilty for being able to afford to not, 
right? For being able to have found yourself in a situation where you're working less hours but making more money. I felt very guilty about that privilege in the beginning. It was very uncomfortable for me because it was very unlike anything I knew, very different from what my family knows. So, like, it was hard for me to give myself that time, but I also so desperately knew how much I needed it, at least for like a year or so, because I was like, I'm so burnt out from what I had to do to even achieve this, but it also was very hard for me to not be busy. I felt so bad about me living this freelance life and how much of a privilege it is, you know, coming from a mom who, one, loves what she does, absolutely, but did it tirelessly, mm-hmm. like, does not stop. She doesn't, it doesn't end with this woman till to this day, today. She calls me with 7,000 ideas, and I love them, but I be asking my sister, please, rest, <laughs> take a seat. She work weekdays, weekends, child, Shayla be Just out, the, she be... Everything, everything. Ideas, pawn ideas. My girl is... <laughs> Not pawn. You hear me? She's coming up. So, my, you know, I, I, I want her to rest, but then her mother, who cleaned houses all day, every day, just to afford my mom, mm-hmm. you know, to go to school. Mm-hmm. Then I have aunts who make it a priority to make sure that you know, girl, get your own money. Make your own money. I don't care what you do. Make your own money. So one day I had had this conversation with my aunt. And I was like, I feel crazy when I explain to y'all what it is that I do. Right? Because they'd be like, so wait. (laughs) It's not every day. It's just when you want to. You just be working whenever. There's no schedule. There's no routine. I said, no. I said, it's just. I said, I feel silly. She was like, no. Uh, And my aunt said, no. That means our job is done. We've done what we were supposed to do. I am so glad you said that. This is way better than what I I did. And that's all that we were working for. We were working for you to have a better life. And this, and what you're describing, is so much better. And that's what I see for you and the girls around you and the girls that come after you. That is something I've never, she was like, I never imagined the world like that. That is crazy. But the fact that y'all made it. It's what's powerful. Y'all made it into your own world. That is something that I have never seen. She's like, so we did our job. We did what we were supposed to do. A wildest dream. We talk all the time about ancestors' wildest dreams. This is literally their wildest dream. And when she said that, she said, my job is done. Our job is done. That's so beautiful. And it's so beautiful that she freed you of that guilt in that moment. Because I think that's something that a lot of people don't get. That's a speech a lot of people don't get. Mm -mm. And I think it's so beautiful Mm -hmm. and important. I'm so glad you shared that because literally as you were talking, I was thinking about how my grandmother just retired like a year or two ago. Just retired. And we talk about like, you know, they worked hard. They worked hard. Sometimes the narrative is like, she worked hard. She worked hard. So I have to work hard. But that's not, that's not it. In the same way that I'm not thinking because I worked this hard, me that's what I want for my kids and my grandkids and their grandkids. We all got to suffer together. No. That's not the dream. That's not really what our ancestors no. feel like. While they, yes, are happy no. to see us climbing ladders and breaking glass ceilings and being in corporate spaces and doctor spaces and think yeah. professions that like they could have never dreamed of, do you know how much ancestors who 
never even got to rest without being beaten if they took a seat do you know how much they're probably weeping over looking at you sitting on your couch and just being able to rest for a minute like that is that was the goal it's like we don't have to keep doing to make them proud they were doing so we could be you know like you know sometimes you gotta stop doing and be yeah and the power of saying no like you said it's revolutionary. It's liberating. It is something that everybody should try more than once. <laughs> and, you know, for me, that was my hardest thing. Saying no is very hard for me because I feel like, you know, opportunities. It's an opportunity. I got to get it. I got to do it. I have to, you know, it's money. I have to do it. I have to do it. It's, you know, it fulfills a purpose. So, yes, I have to do it. I have to do it. I have to do it. But when I ignore my body... I am doing a disservice to the opportunity and myself. Mm. And not giving a reason, too, because sometimes you ooh, feel I like, can't do that. I don't I'm like not disappointing there people. I don't, ooh, I don't know how to not give a reason. I'm still, God's not I done. God's not <laughs> finished with me yet. He's not finished with me yet. I'd be like, no. And here's an itemized alphabetical orderly list about why I said no. Just in case anybody had any questions, please see Appendix B for those because the answers are there. I'm still like that a little bit too. I can't even lie to you. I'd be like, but, or I'm a no but. No but, let me look into, let me try, let me, you know, I I want to make up for the fact that I said no. Yes. I can't. I'm trying. We got to move that top question mark and just leave the period at the bottom. Because it'd be like, no. No. But listen. Yeah. And the no doesn't have to be reserved to big life changes either, right? Like, we're talking about big scale stuff. But I want people, I want our listeners to know, too, it can be important. It's just as important in small moments, too. Like, we get it. Not everybody can, like, we're still in a pandemic. Not everybody can just quit their job right now. Not everybody can, even if it's killing you. And that's That's what, and I hate that. And I hate that that's the fact. But I get it. Like, that is a real thing. And, but that's when you brought up the fact that you needed health care. That made me angry yes, all over again. It was the fact that I want to leave this job, but I need benefits. <laughs> Gotta live. I have to exist. <laughs> I have to live. But you're like, will you live? Like, that's what I'm saying. Yes. It's like, oh, but will you're you? You're picking the short term over the long term. You may be able to live now, right. but why, there's a reason right. why people are dying young. We're talking about all these rappers who are passing in their 50s right now, 60s. Right. You know, talking about how, how right. come black men and black women are not growing as old as they can or whatever else. This is These are the things that play a role in Absolutely. it. The stress takes a toll on your body. On I just had body. to talk to my mom the yes. other day. I'm like, yes, you did all of these things. You carried all of that on your back. and then, But look, look what's yeah. happening to your body as yeah. a result of it. Yes, we have to pick the long term. But it's like, I want to make the point to say, like, because certain things like that and our predicament sometimes leads us to not being able to make big life changes, knows. If that's your situation, think about it on a more micro level. Think about creating boundaries in your relationships and in your work life and in your home life. You know what I mean? Maybe if you're mm-hmm. a single mother who ha- can't say no to a job because you got mouse and this and that, say no to washing the dishes after you cook that meal for them. Okay, let them do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Say no mm-hmm. by giving yourself a bath time moment of like, this is mommy's time. Everybody get out. Say no by not answering that phone call from that stressful person, family member who you love dearly, but maybe you just need a night off. You know what I mean? Like just 
Create mm-hmm. small boundaries in your relationship. We we tell y'all all the time how to say no to these niggas now. Y'all know that. <laughs> Episodes one through you 30. You know, we will say no. <laughs> Go refer to those on how to say no to them. <laughs> but, That's but very true. Thinking of the long list of things I want black women to say no to. Right. Say no to explaining yourself. Mm. Say no to that. Say no to having to feel understood. Say no to that. Knowing that you understand yourself and you know where you're going and whatever it is that you want to do. Say no to having to explain to somebody who is already probably against what you are doing, having to explain to them what it is that you have dreams to do. Saying no, say no to... To that fight on Twitter. To that person in your mentions. To that fight. Do what I tell Scotty, what Scotty refuses to do and say no. (laughs) First of all... I've listened to Sylvia plenty of times where I've said, you know what? I'm not going to go in on this fucking person right now. I'm going to say yes to me and love my own peace at this time and put the phone down. I do that often. Okay. Yes. So say, say no to that person. To that troll. Say no. But no, honestly, we're joking around here, but... Try to think of a way that you can say no in your daily life. Your homework, women, black women listening, I want you to pick one thing. Make one thing you're going to say no to. Let's make a list. Pick three. I'm just trying. You know, some of us got to take baby steps. (laughs) All right, fine. One thing. I would like three. But one (laughs) thing is good enough. One, two, three. One, two, three. But if you're an overachiever like Sylvia, do three. (laughs) Three things. That you are saying no to. Tweet us. Add us. Tweet us and tell us. Because I might have to say no to those things as well. Help us out. Okay? Because I can't even think of some things. I know. We're over here like, huh? What did you recently? Wait, Sylvia. What did you recently say no to this week? Oh, maybe. Let's do July. July is easy for me. I had a show week last week. Okay. Some things I said no to in July. Writing stories for less than my rate. (laughs) Said no to that. Amen. Um, you know, Amen. they love to try to get you to write something for less than your rates. Saying no to to the guilt I felt about having somebody come clean my house for the first time. I did that for the first time in my life. Had somebody come clean my house for me, deep clean. It was my first time hiring a cleaning yes. service. And the guilt, wow. I had to leave my apartment. Like, I had to leave. I had to physically leave because I saw it happening. I almost had a panic attack. I literally had to exit the <laughs> exit for their sake. Not even just my, I was like, it's probably be better for everybody if I go down to the, like, to the work, you know, to the roof or something. Like, it's probably better off for everybody because I'm having a panic attack watching somebody <laughs> clean my space. So, wait, do you, do you clean before they come? I had done a little bit. So, like, I clean We got to free oh, ourselves yeah. I of that. I don't know a black woman who doesn't. <laughs> literally. Literally. Uh, what should we call it? People be like, I got, I got the house cleaners coming tomorrow, so I got to clean before they come. It's like, Why? Why? That's because their point. I don't want them talking about me like crazy. Like, I'd be like, you're not about to talk about me. So let me go ahead and straighten up. But no, I said no to that. That was a crazy achievement uh-huh. for me. You know, I said no to the pressure of FOMO, fear of missing that when I was actually tired. How about you? What are some things you said no to in July? Um, I've said no to low rates. I've said no to that all month. Oh, you, um, girl, you are the you taught me how to I've say no to no. low rates. Let me tell you, right? I, 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 it don't go like Sylvia would like to thank Scotty for her financial well being <laughs> because Scotty be like, 
we're saying no to that. I'm like, we are? We are? Yes, no, we are. No, we're okay. Not we're not. <laughs> so I said no to that. I've been saying no to people treating me in ways I did not want to be treated. Mm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just don't want to go out and do stuff. Like, I, I just want to be home. Sometimes, yeah. like, I just said no. I didn't really have to have a reason for it. I just wanted to be home. So I said no to going out. Yeah, I've been trying to, I've been just trying to prioritize relaxing. I said no to people trying to stress me out. You're not about to stress me out. I feel like that is a line in every black woman's Bible. That's the like, meme that went, that's the meme that was me going out. viral when all the quitting stuff and the Simone stuff was happening when it was like, oh, it was, you're not about no, to it was like our, gen, our, we are the generation of this job ain't about to stress me out. That's literally what, like, it was oh, like, yeah. I shared it and I saw so many people share it. I saw it on so many people's time. I was like, and, and I'm happy mm-hmm. about it. It's either stress me out or kill me. This job ain't about to kill me. Either or so, it's not about the that's what me. this whole episode theme is about. Right. And I'm not, and, and it goes past the job. It, I'm not going to have people stress me out. I'm not going to, sometimes I have to be kinder to myself. Mm. So I just be like, I'm not going to have me Ooh. stress me out because I'll be allowing. Don't, pa- don't speed past this one. Yeah. I, I let anxiety stress me the fuck out. And I do it on my own. It's all my own work. It's, I am <laughs> Picasso not, of that. Not your gesturing <laughs> like you built this castle. I have built this world. If you look to this the, is my if empire. You look to the left, you'll see right <laughs> the mountains of anxiety. If you look to the right, my little bar cart of how I deal with settings. I'm <laughs> kidding, guys. Please, nobody, nobody say no. That's right. That's right. Say no to you stressing you out. Woo! Yeah, I am saying no to that. Y'all would fight me if y'all heard how I talk to me. You really would. Child. Y'all be ready to square up. And I would square the fuck up on you. Don't do it. <laughs> so, and same goes to you. And I, we, we just need to keep that energy for ourselves. And that's the thing. So right. I love that one. Uh, but yes. I'm not to be played not to with. Be played with. So at the end of the day, what we're saying here is black women must choose ourselves because hardly anyone else ever will. And you can't live your life waiting for somebody to choose you. You have to choose you. Mm-hmm. That is my big takeaway from this. Scotty, do you have any last bit of advice you want to share with women? Or do you feel like we've covered it about struggling with this? Uh, All I'm going to say is that quitting might save your life. Mm -hmm. Especially with black women. It might save your life. I ask all the time that you make sure that you put yourself first. Quitting saved my life, guys. Literally. So I ask that you make sure that you know how worthy you are to still be here. Like breathing <laughs> and living. You are worth way more than that. But this, those simple things, you are worth doing. So I ask that you put yourself first. When you see that you are in danger of any sort, whether it's emotional, physical, you make sure you leave that situation. Quit it. Whether it's people or the work environment or whatever environment. It doesn't even have to be the work environment. An environment. Quit it. It could be your own home. Move out of it. That apartment that's stressing you out. Get out. Yes. Get out. It might save your life. It might. That's all. Amen. Yeah. Okay. 
Oh, well, guys, that is our show. Thank you for tuning in. Our show is a production of Pineapple Street Studios in partnership with Netflix and Strong Black Lead. Shout out to our team. Our managing producer is Agaranesh Ashagre, and our editor is Jess Jupiter. This episode was produced by Taylor Hosking. Our music is by Amanda Jones. Special thanks to Max Linsky and Jenna Weiss-Berman. Make sure you share your thoughts with us on this episode using the hashtag OKNowListen. We gave y'all several things we would want to hear back from y'all about this week, so please, please, please report back. We're not playing about this homework, okay? This is homework, for real. For real. I want to know what you're saying no to. We want to know what you said no to this week. And, you know, times in which saying no has saved you, quitting has saved you. Please share those stories. We need more of that on the timeline. Yes. Also, make sure you follow Strong Black Lead on the socials at Strong Black Lead. And follow us, too. I'm at Sylvia Obell. And I'm at Scotty Beam. Until next time, folks. Stay blessed. Stay and rested. Home. And hydrated. Mm Mm-hmm.